0: Good to be here, and um, yeah, lots of new faces it it seems. Um, Yeah, um, I'll kick straight into it. But um, I don't know who's been following the um, Asbury um, outpouring revival. Whatever that one. Has anyone been following this? No. Okay. I thought maybe Blueprint weren't following this. Um, basically there's this uh, Christian university in the States and they have a prayer meeting, I think every Monday, and they started their prayer meeting and then it just didn't end for 18 days. Um, and um, just um, thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, came. Actually, I'm going to read you some stuff from it. Hey, Anika, is my phone sitting by that bag over there? So this wasn't in the plan, but the fact that nobody's heard about this. You need to hear about this. Um, and it, it just wrapped up, and people just came from everywhere, but I think the thing that was really special about it is it was, like, super humble, the whole thing. Like, it was just not grand in any way, shape, or form. Um, so I'm just going to bring up something that um, one of the main leaders of it said uh, on the last day. If I can find it. Yeah, so she put this online day 18 we are returning to ordinary life which is just as full of god as the last 17 days just a bit more quiet i'm sure we have a lifetime of journaling prayer and deep conversations ahead throughout the days as we passed each other in the halls and outside we kept saying to each other can you believe this is this really happening as theologians and well As theologians and, well, everyone, everywhere, name and debate what it was and wasn't, what I do know for sure is that people are longing for God. I don't want to forget the Latino family, grandpa, dad, uncle, kids, mama, who when they made it into Hughes after what must have been a wait of hours, didn't even go to their seats. They went immediately to the altar and collapsed in front of it. We saw this again and again. I want to remember the family who drove 30 hours each way from Mexico for someone to pray for their baby for healing. My heart is broken with the 18 men who piled into a 15-person passenger van for 9 hours to pray at an altar for 30 minutes. Holding in my heart the time of prayer with an Indian pastor and his wife Diana from the United Kingdom interceding for their country and their campuses. Who can forget the Brazilians? They showed up, their passionate prayers for their country, all the Brazilian flags, although graciously put away when we asked. Just too many people in the auditorium for all of the flags. The story of a police officer who was so moved that he got in a family with two younger kids who had been fasting through the lines and, waits, and waited with them out of sheer compassion. A mum and a daughter with special needs. The families who brought their children for prayer for medical issues just broke my heart. Their faith, their desperation, I felt it with them. I will continue to pray for them. Trying to communicate through an app with a couple in Portuguese. Making a mental note, next time we need to be prepared with interpreters kidding about next time. Remember, the pastor couple from Chile who sold their car to be here, and strangers passing on money. Can you give it to the lady who sold the car? Yes, yes we can. I want to remember people giving what they had. We had no donation box set up, so they handed it to us. Thank you, thank you, people said. This is what I have to give, Whether it was a nickel or a hundred dollars. So many high schoolers praying for relief from the bondage of pornography. A joyful group from a church in San Diego, so full of joy of being here. Thank you for your encouragement. Praying with a team from Canada who were full of stories of God on the move in Canada and how God moved on their drive down. I want to remember the WhatsApp thread, 101 notifications at a time. Water needed for Esther. Is there a prayer volunteer for out in the line? The porta potties are overflowing. Ten people gave their hearts to Jesus just now. What's that ambulance for? It's 30 degrees out here. Heaters are on the way. The Salvation Army showed up. Thank you, Jesus. Mostly, I'll remember our relationships between one another on the ground team, the volunteer team and the ministry team. Revival runs on the track of relationships. As one of our retired professors said, we were surprised but not unprepared. We're a small community who loves Jesus deeply. We weren't ready, but yet we were. God is like that. I just wanted to share that. Um, In an age of um, darkness and cynicism, that some people started a prayer meeting on a Monday and they kept praying for 18 days and people came from all over the world to be a part of it. It's like a gorgeous thing. Um, And um, God is on the move at the moment. Late last year I was uh, sitting outside people's coffee in Newtown and i have been praying through the Psalms and I just had my Bible sitting next to me, which has a pattern of a Celtic cross on it. And the guy sitting opposite me, a 22-year-old, says, that's a really cool Bible. And um, I said, oh, it is cool. And I told him that was the Bible that was given to me on my ordination. And we started talking, and I said, what do you believe? And he said, well, my parents didn't bring me up with anything, um, but I'm really curious to believe in something. And so we just started this massive conversation about faith, and then by the end of it, we'd agreed to meet up every two or three weeks and talk about Jesus, and now we do. Now, I was challenged by that moment because my assumption in the world at the moment sometimes is that everybody is too cynical and jaded and over the gospel message to respond to it but i'm not sure that's where we are and i think we do people a disservice when we think they don't want to hear the good news of jesus because i think there is a hunger there is a real desire for hope at the moment um for light to break into darkness just want to share that with you to begin with and i think we need to be really careful that as we think about um uh, the gospel, and we think about sharing it with our friends, that we don't assume that they're not up for it. That we don't actually take the place of the Holy Spirit in assuming what is best for people. But we let them decide that. Why anyway, everyone's gone very quiet. Was I a bit tense there? No. That is exciting, right? It's exciting. Please read up on the Asbury Revival, and I would encourage you to just like bring your cynicism to that thing, because a lot of you will read things in that and go, Oh my gosh. You know, and it really pisses me off that that revival happened in the United States. You know, I would have loved it to happen anywhere else, but that's where it happened. Um, and um, yeah, I think, um, have, have a read up on it because it's quite beautiful. Um, tonight I want to read from uh, Luke 11, to 36. Some of you will be familiar with this. It says this, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand so that those who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. So there's this picture uh, that uh, Luke brings um, Jesus telling this parable of a lamp and saying that a lamp doesn't do well undercover. And you need to set it up. And he says, um, if you set it up in the right spot, it will give light to the whole house. Now, the thing that um, we may not be familiar with here, and there's a couple of things here we miss when we look at this passage. One of them is light is really easy for us. Uh, we come into a room and we switch it on. Um, and so for us, the metaphor is like somewhat diminished. Um, but we've got here Jesus talking to people who light was scarce at night. It was candlelight. There was not a lot around. So light is precious. Um, but also um, uh, Palestinian homes at this time were one room. They weren't several rooms. Um, so this light, this lamp that was set up at the door literally did light the entire house. And so the metaphor Luke borrows, he says, we are like a house with a lamp in us. We as followers of Jesus are like a house with a lamp in us. He says, A light at the entrance of a house lights the whole house, just as light that enters the eyes lights the whole body, just as Christ who enters our hearts lights our whole selves. Do you follow with me on that? The, the light that at the entrance lights a whole house, light that enters the eyes lights the whole body, just as Christ who enters our heart lights our whole selves. And further to this, he actually says this is what health looks like. He uses the word, he says, if the eyes are healthy, that actually health is for light to be within us and for it to take up the whole of who we are. I was thinking of how hard this must be for us to understand because as good Westerners, our houses are divided into eight or ten rooms, just like our lives are, right? that we have our faith room and we have our work room and we have our family room. But this is a holistic thing of health. It's like if there is light in you, it can light the whole thing. It can impact every part of you. It can impact not only the way you see God, but through that, your relationships, through that, your work, through that, your prayer. Everything can be lit up by this light. So the question um, I want to put to you tonight is you are the house in this metaphor. We are the house. And if we were in the house and there was light in that house, what would that light do? There's three things I'd say here, which I want to go through tonight. But I think firstly, that light would illuminate. It would allow you to see things you hadn't seen before. Secondly, it would make living possible. It would be possible for you to move around in that room without falling over all the time, because you could actually see things. And finally, that light would welcome others. People could see that somebody was home. And so look at that, uh, um, some of you will be familiar that we have four Gospels, but three of them are what are called the Synoptic Gospels, so uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And effectively, uh, what scholars agree now is Mark wrote the first Gospel, and then Matthew and Luke kind of ad-libbed on him. Um, and so they all tell the same parable, but they all draw slightly different conclusions on what Jesus was getting at, which is quite cool. And so I want to draw from those different conclusions as we, we go along. You follow me? We could? It's a very quiet room, eh? Um, maybe I'm just very loud. Um, so um, a few years ago, um, there used to be this show called um, DIY Rescue. Does anyone remember the show? Um, no? Okay. <laughs> um, there was a show called DIY Rescue. Take, take it from me, back in the days of, um, of TV that wasn't on the internet. Um, and, um, and DIY Rescue, basically the way DIY Rescue worked, is uh, that they would come in and they would find a woman who was distraught because her man had failed to be a good man and DIY the house, was so problematic, okay? it was just, <laughs> so he'd failed to DIY the house, he'd left it a mess, and so they'd call in the real men to fix his DIY job, and the real men would arrive, and what would happen is in 48 hours, they would totally make over this house. And, um, and you'd be like, how the heck did they do that? I'm sure some of you have painted or plastered before. Um, I, can see, um, I can see Callum kind of turning it over in his head. Um, Builder A, Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, um, and uh, how, how this stuff happened in 48 hours, because I'm thinking, if I had done that in 48 hours, it would be a total dog's breakfast, eh? It would be a disaster. Anyway, I had a friend at high school who his mum called up and asked for a DIY rescue. Um, and so they came in... And um, then I saw it on television and I said to him, I said, wow, it looked amazing. They did it all in 48 hours. I can't believe it. And he said, well, actually what they do is they put a really soft light in the room and then they get a really soft lens on the camera. And he's like, it's a shit show. (laughs) It's like, you need a DIY rescue for the DIY rescue. It is an absolute mess in there when they're done. Um... And, uh, and the reason, the reason I, t- I tell you this, um, he, said, he said to me, he said there were drips everywhere. He said the plastering was uneven. He said you could see the strokes in the paint. Um, and so in the soft light with the soft lens, it looks like a good job. But in true light, in pure light, you see it for what it is. In the soft light with a soft lens, the job looks good. When we see it in pure light, we see it for what it is. Another version of this passage here from Mark four twenty one to 22. Mark says, uh, Jesus says, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on a stand? For whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. Whatever is concealed, everything that has been hidden away will be revealed when this light arrives. You will realize that the DIY job is a bad DIY job. And the, the light that comes into our lives through Christ, one of the first things it does, and we see this all throughout scriptures, is repentance because we realise that the DIY job that we've been doing on our lives didn't measure up. That as good as we presented ourselves to be, as much as we tried to show that we had it all together, there was paint running down the wall, there were smears, the plastering was trash, it is a shit show. Having the light of Christ come into our life inevitably leads us to this. Consider the experience of Paul, the faithful Jew, in Acts 9. Paul did not think he was a bad guy. Paul thought he was serving God faithfully, and he understood that to serve God faithfully was to kill every last Christian he could find. He believed that he was living in light. He receives this blinding light, he falls off his horse, and then he hears the very voice of the God who he says he's serving say, why are you persecuting me he realizes that his way is not working consider the experience of isaiah in isaiah 6 who comes face to face with the presence of god falls on his knees and says woe is me i am undone i am a man of unclean lips from a nation of unclean lips lord cleanse me when the light of christ comes into our lives it exposes the cracks It exposes the DIY job we've been doing. It exposes the bullshit we didn't want to acknowledge. And we are called to repentance that our way is not working. So point one, the light of Christ illuminates, and that light brings us to repentance. Uh, Second second yarn. Can you put up uh, the photo, Petra? Okay, so this is Luna, my daughter, who's at the back at the moment. Um, This is her, like, absolutely combing out. Uh, this is a few weeks ago, uh, we were living in this tiny room together. get to move into a new place. You can see crap all over the floor. But at 4.30am she decided to crawl into bed with me, um, she's about two and a quarter, and it was like one of the, the most nasty nights of sleeping with a toddler, eh? like yeah. At points, point she was curled around the head and then like over the chest and back and forth. Um, but normally when I wake up in the morning she'll wake, but on this occasion she was so comatose that... Um, I pulled my arm out from under her, and she just stayed like this for um, probably about an hour, which is actually lovely because that never happens. So I sat in the, I sat in the lounge drinking my coffee, thinking, "Oh, this is quite nice." Eh? <laughs> and then eventually, um, she comes out and like she, she comes out like this, like <laughs> <laughs> she like looks like she had had the hardest night in town. <laughs> she's just like. And like she must have had pins and needles in one of her legs because she couldn't get it working so she's sort of like What is this thing doing? And then eventually she just clasping the wall comes down the hallway So she like looks up she goes it was a beautiful, beautiful moment but, but she's just like stumbling down the wall And it made me remember I don't know if anyone remembers this as a kid When you would like wake up in the night And like someone would turn on the lights And it felt like your eyes were just like, oh, Like does anyone remember that? Just like these aching eyes And you're just reaching for anything you can find I'm Stumbling through this, this blinding light um, And I was thinking about this and I was thinking about the kinds of metaphors that Scripture actually uses to talk to those who have no light. Um, and a couple of them are here. John 11.10, those who walk at night stumble because light is not in them. They fumble down the hallway, grabbing the walls. Proverbs 4.19, the way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know what they stumble over. They kick their feet on blow bricks and toy dinosaurs. See, these houses that we are are built for light. Light is not an optional extra to these houses. The design of these bodies, these spirits, the soul that we live within, just as it needs oxygen to breathe, as it needs food to nourish itself, it needs light and the Spirit of God to fully be alive. We are not alive without that light within us. The houses that we are are built for light. Augustine said it really beautifully. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. We never come home until we come home in God. So when we have no light, we actually struggle to live within ourselves because we're not living. We don't have the light that is truly living. We stumble left and right, holding the walls in our life. You know, you cannot clean a house that is in darkness. We can never get rid of the mould. We can never get rid of the mess. We can never get to the bottom of it in darkness. And we can't see each other in darkness. We can't see the people we love in darkness. And what we end up doing in darkness is looking at only the patch right in front of our own feet to try to navigate. And we can't host others in darkness because we can't cook a meal and we can't bring it to them. We become ungenerous. These houses we are are built for light, the light of God, and without light, they fall into disrepair. We fall apart. See, I would argue at the moment that um, globally, and particularly in the West, we are seeing many just struggle to live in the house that they are. Um, We are extraordinarily fearful at the moment. We are terrified of what's out there. I don't know who else is just feeling like, for me, this last two weeks in Aotearoa, climate change has come home. Who's feeling that? It's just like, shit. Like, like, it's scary, eh? Like, it's scary how real this is getting. We're incredibly anxious. Um, We're desperate for identity. I meet so many people. I end up in these conversations about faith or different things with people at coffee shops. And um, so many people say they don't know who they are. And so when the big decisions of life come about, I don't know, like a job, or study, or um, faith, or relationships, or kids, they can't decide what to do, because they don't know who they are. And this is many of us at the moment, and I have to wonder, is this the reality of so much of the world living in darkened houses? That actually we are houses made for light, and when that light is not within us, we just don't function. We are not functional beings. And so I, I want to ask today, what healing might be possible if we were to live in houses that we can truly live in? Houses where the lights are on. So the first point, the light of Christ illuminates and brings us to repentance. Second point, the light of Christ makes living possible and brings us into healing. The final one, final section. Um, Recently at Two Todman, where I live above our, um, where I used to live above our co-working space and our op shop and things, our kind of church hub in Brooklyn, um, we had really terrible curtains. Um, we got them replaced recently. We got our thermal blackout curtains. Mm-hmm. Yep. They don't cut out the noise. They don't cut out the noise. No. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, <laughs> 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 but seriously, guys, thermal blackout curtains. Do any of you have thermal blackout curtains? Right, yeah, okay, four of you. I'm pretty sure they're healthy home standards, so I don't know what's going on here. We we got thermal blackout curtains, but before that, there was a street lamp directly outside my window, um, and I had these terrible curtains Um, on a terrible rail and they were very transparent Um, and to get them to really close you know you kind of I'm sure some of you are going to relate to this but you had to grab the, the, the left hand one and walk it about a metre past where it belonged and then you grab the right hand one and walk that about a kilometre past the left hand one and then hope that kind of overlap, but inevitably for months on end, what I had was the slither of LED street lamp at a certain position in my room, shining onto my bed, And multiple times a night, I would roll. That would hit my eyes, and I would realise that there was nothing I could do about it. <laughs> <Nothing>. <laughs> um, and um, who relates to this? Anyone got anything? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, the reason I say this is because light, leak, light leaks, right? Like light is one of those things that is hard to, hard to control. I can remember as a kid talking to my grandfather. Um, he uh, lived through the Second World War in New Zealand. And I don't know if you know this, but there was a very real fear that um, Aotearoa could be invaded at some point. And so what they had was they had blackout times where they had to blackout everything in their houses with curtains and paper so that if a bomber came over Wellington, it wouldn't be able to see The houses below and he said it was like exhausting like he said it's just really hard to have the lights on and not have anything show light has this way of leaking i mean even practically you know we live in the warmth of the sun i don't know how many thousand light years away that thing is but it's still leaking light here right light leaks where it goes matthew kind of got this in his version of this passage matthew 5 14 16 he said you are the light of the world A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. One of the things you need to know about Matthew is Matthew is like the Jewish gospel. It's like the gospel that is most wrestling with what it looks like to be a Jew and to become a Christian. So yes, there's this tension going on all the time. But when he's talking about a town built on a hill, what he's thinking about is Jerusalem. He's thinking about this place that is meant to be the home um, of of Abraham and the, the patriarchs. And what he's thinking about is he's thinking about that passage from Genesis 19 where Abraham receives a blessing from God that says, you will be a blessed people, your descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky, And I will bless you to bless the world. What Matthew is thinking when he talks about this light is that the light cannot be contained within Jerusalem. That this light will leak out into the whole world because that is what the people of God have always been called to do with light. He understood that whatever the Jews got, everyone else was supposed to share in as well. He understood that the light is not just for us. Yes, this light of Christ is a light which makes our own lives livable, but it is a light which is meant to illuminate the lives of others too. It is a light that leaks. And this is our role. We have received light, and we are to share that light with others that they may discover it for themselves. That when people are around us, the light within us is so alive that they find it leaking into their lives as well too. You know, a few years ago, um, I, uh, me and some friends, we wanted to live in a 6 bedroom apartment for one loss. loss. Um, so every now and then theirs would go out. But in that situation, we shared our light with them. We threw an extension cord out the window and they pulled it in theirs. And we ran it to the fridge and we ran it to lamps and we ran it to ovens and they could run the house. <laughs> Honestly, like, I believe, I mean, that is, you know, that is, that is cringy uni um, level like uh, non-healthy home standard stuff. Um, but I think that is actually like what we are called to is that we have something, we have a resource within us that makes our life worth living, that heals us and restores us and it's bringing us into contact with reality. And we are called to throw that out the window and to offer it to other people, so that in time they might design their own connection with that light, or pay their power bill, eh? Hey. chuck it up, please? What? Check it. Up lights. Chuck it, caught up, like this. Or chuck it caught up to us sometimes, yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> um. So we are called to leak light. That is who we're called to be. So point one, the light of Christ is meant to illuminate this house we meant to see it for what it really is, and that's meant to draw us to repentance. Point two: the light of Christ makes living in this house uh, makes living in this house possible. It gives us the life that is truly living. And point three, the light of Christ is meant to leak from this house, and it's meant to draw others to desire that light too. So here's my kind of final question, and it's, a, it's kind of a question, to, but it's more of a bloody, massive challenge. If you have something in your life which is illuminating and allowing you to see reality for what it really is. If you have a light in your life which is allowing you to see reality and be healed. If you have something in your life which is making life worth living. If you have a light within you which can make others' lives richer and more whole. Then why the hell would you not tell everyone about it? Why would you not tell everyone about it? See, we are in a world that desperately needs illumination and healing. We are in a world where people are dying, trying to live in the home of their own bodies and minds. We are in a world where many walk in darkness while we have access to a source of abundant light. You know, if the light of Christ were a natural resource and my house had it while five others didn't, we would say that is a justice issue. I think this is a spiritual justice issue, that we have the wholeness and the healing of walking with Christ and to not offer that to others. I just don't know what we can say to that. And the final thing I'd bring to this, if we look um, at a commonality between the Matthew, Mark, and Luke accounts here. Luke 11.33, No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Matthew 4.21, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Matthew 5.14, a town built on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. All three of these guys, though they disagreed on different things of what Jesus meant, all of them said you should not hide a light. And I think the most chilling thing from this is in the commentary that uh, I read um, around this. Craig Keener said this, he said... A basket placed over the top of a lamp will surely in time extinguish it. A basket placed over the top of a lamp will surely in time extinguish it. So what am I saying to you there? I'm saying if it is not enough to share the light of Christ with those who don't have it, then share it so that your own light is not extinguished. Because if a lamp is not lifted up, if we are not lifting up the light of Christ in our lives, then it is quite possible that the light of Christ will die within us too. Because it is in sharing light that we remember that we've been illuminated by it. It's in sharing light that we remember that light has made our lives worth living. And it is in sharing light that we remember remember this is the light that came into the world so that no one needs to walk in darkness. If our light does not go out, if our light does not leak, it will be snuffed out. Folks, there is no option for a personal, private faith anymore. Those days are long gone. We are past Christendom. The church is dying. If you're here, you're all in. It's all we've got left. And the only way that we come into healing and wholeness and full life as if the light of Christ is lifted up within us in order that it would draw others. And so I hear for some of you probably saying tonight, some of you may have sent messages before feeling like what you might be feeling right now, which is this feeling of, oh great, (laughs) I have to go work out how to talk harder about my faith. Which I really don't think is the answer um, to this. I think we need to know who Christ is to us. I think we need to start by knowing who we are and simply sharing this. Can you put up that last slide, Petra? What would it mean to say this light has led me into healing? What would it mean to say this light has made my life worth living? What would it mean to say this light has brought life to my neighbourhood? If we could tell a story about even one of those things, that would be a powerful way of Christ's light lifted up within us to draw others to him. So, I think what, because there's probably a lot of thoughts going on at the moment, maybe a good uh, moment at this point would be for us to turn in twos or threes, share the one thing that's on top, might be something that you're going, yep, that's reframed reframe that for me, it might be something that really pissed you off, um, but let's um, turn to the person next to us.